Blog Talk Radio. Now give me my theme music. Welcome to the war room. We got Taz, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, our block commander. Y'all know what it is. <laughs> what you say, Jim? Y'all see it. What's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports. On the War Room Sports podcast, I'm the host, I'm the boy, Dev Mack, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my bros. Uh, we got B. Austin, the hot block commander in the building. We got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building. NFL Week 12 is behind us. Week 13 is on deck with a Thursday night matchup. Between AFC foes, AFC East foes, Buffalo, and, and New England. So we'll discuss our Week 13 picks. But we'll jump back into the fallout from the Jerry Jones situation, man. I was, uh, you know what I'm saying, we, we got into that late last week, B. Plus, Jimmy wasn't here, so, you know, we couldn't really have a great conversation on it. Um, and I was actually contacted by one of our loyal listeners personally. was like, come on, you know. You can't leave B. Austin with just eight minutes to talk about, you know, the whole Jerry Jones situation. Right. And then, you know, Jimmy wasn't bell. here at all to, to, to spit his bar. So we're going to get back into that a little bit because, you know, we got a little bit of a we sick boss situation going on here. And um, <laughs> we got some things to dissect. So uh, sit back, relax, bust it up with you, again with your brothers in the war room, the greatest man cave in the history of the planet. Episode 655 starts right now. Y'all know what it is. You can get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the Bodyhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. We could join us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number, as usual, is 323-410-0012. So what, what, what up, fam? Yo, can y'all? Imagine paying $200,000 a month in child support to somebody who's worth four times more than you. (laughs) (laughs) That's the situation that Yeezy, yay, a.k.a. Kanye West now finds himself in. I mean, two, three weeks ago, she wasn't four times, you know, richer than him or four times, worth four times more than him. But, you know, now that they've stripped his net worth down to a paltry, because that's what people are acting like. They're acting like he broke now. They've stripped him down to $400 million. I looked up her net worth today after I saw what he had to pay in child support. I didn't realize that Kim Kardashian is now worth $1.8 billion. So, yo, if that marriage would have stayed, you know, yo. solid, like, yo, that's a that's – Yo, see the reason, she the I reason think only that, yo, fans like, would never go away. You can make a business, yeah, just like, a billionaire just like off his, the way they're giving just you like his price. original number was Cat. <laughs> his original number was Cat when he had a B. I, I think everybody's Cat. Yeah, all numbers be Cat. But especially the people who are super popular, I think their numbers are Cat. And then I think people who aren't as popular 
their numbers be like undercat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, yeah. I mean, because I know the ball has done some crazy things and did some bad business. And, and after his falling out with Jay, life just wasn't the same. But for a long time, they had my man Dame Dash at like negative 200000 So then now they got him yeah. worth $100,000, which, you know, it, it could have some truth to it. But the, I still think Dame's name is worth a lot of money because yeah. but the thing no matter what we say, is- no matter how broke he looks, he always has something in the works because somebody gave him something off the strength of him being Dame Dash. So well, hold on. the thing is, though, those numbers, those numbers, where do they actually come from? Like, who knows? Like, don't ask nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's all it's all cap. Like, yo, look up, and, look up. And nobody Aaron fights it, especially I was the people with, who get overcapped. Yo, I was joking <laughs> with Aaron Jackson because, like, because once she made TV, they start putting her name on them, you oh, yeah. They had her like a couple M's. And she was like, yo, that's not true. They, she's like, yo, they lying. I was like, well, you're on TV now, so they just gave you, they just right. gave you a number. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the numbers cap. She got the, the Netflix, John, and she got the, the writing credits on the Netflix sitcom. Yeah. Like, they're like, okay, she must be rich now. Yeah, like, yeah they said she up, they said she up right now. But, yo, know, to your Dane point, they've been calling Dane broke for 20 years, but Dane be on the Dane be laying in the pool every day. I see him on IG going live at the pool. Like he don't seem to do nothing. Like if that's yeah. what you call being broke, like give me, give me that. That's what I'm saying. Dane got to be worth more than a hundred grand right now. But at the Yo, same time, Dame is probably a version of Axel Foley though. Dane probably could talk himself into a lifestyle. <laughs> that, that ain't yo, really yo, his lifestyle. Give, give me that broke lifestyle. Dame be smoking yeah. though. Dame be smoking Dame. some stuff that you can't be broke and smoke that. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know they, what Dame got, but I'm saying that, that, like Dame, I'm sure. He, I think yeah, he had yeah. something in some weed dealings and stuff like that. So it's like you know they. Yo, man, Dame, Dame, yo, he can't be broke. He's from Harlem. But anyway, with all that being yo, they said, still got like, Nas. They say Nas is worth seventy million dollars. Yo, Nas made I mean, more than seventy million off his last deal. Like, <laughs> just that's why them jobs be funny. Yo, think about this. Like, he more than liquid seventy million dollars. Like, how is he? When they was seventy million dollars. And for a long time, punish Kanye. When they was trying to punish Kanye, they allegedly took all his bread away, put up the Forbes joint, and then was like, "We got a new member to the Forbes billionaire list." Diddy. Now, Diddy been trying to get in that list forever. All of a sudden, he's in a list. First off, first off, let's back it up. That list come out once a year. How y'all update the list all of a sudden when you want to get rid of Kanye? Like the list come <laughs> out, out the same time. Like, you know, the list come out the same time every year oh, for the last no like decade. Now all of a sudden, because no you want to punish boy, you remove him Jews. and you add somebody else. And y'all like that. Why that happen? It's all cap, so it's Redo all it here. now. Take it back where you got it before. Redo the list. Put it out now. <laughs> Yeah, man, yo, one of the things the internet exposed is how everything in life is BS. Yeah, I think Nas is low-key close to a billion. If he ain't a billionaire, they talking about 70 million. I mean, we knew that when he was getting divorced and uh, Khalees kept warning everybody, like, he's hiding money. He should be paying more than this. I'm, trust me, he's hiding money. Well, good job, Esco. Yeah. Good job. Um, by the way, the whole um, song with, 21 Savage, that wasn't necessary. Wasn't necessary. I didn't even listen to it. It's trash. Yeah. I mean, it's 21 Savage. I mean, I... <laughs> I 
It's hard for me to say anything or? he's on is, is hot. Like he's just not my my cup of tea. So I'm probably the Nas go off though. I didn't listen. Yo, that's the funny thing is I didn't even listen to. It. I I don't know. I couldn't even judge Nas the same because he's rapping with Twenty One Savage. Like yo, because it's like y'all did it for the moment, which I get, and I think it's a good right, message. Like, but like I don't I don't care to hear it though. Yeah, I, I just can't. I can't get excited about it. Like you know, you say Nas and Jay came out with something else. Yeah, I can get excited about that. Nas about to have Nas about to have everybody dissing him out. All I gotta do to get a Nas feature is talk crazy. Nas, <laughs> talk everybody crazy about to start on Nas. Oh yeah. Boosie Boosie about to get a feature. <laughs> Boosie But the thing is in yeah, that Vlad interview that I sent you all today, Boosie was kinda defending him. It was more Vlad than Boosie. Talking, you know, well, Vlad, jumping Vlad, on the irrelevant bandwagon. Vlad Vlad doesn't like Nas. So that's he like claims a, that like he's scene. Yeah, he claims that yeah, he loves Yeah, it's, it's a running scene. Because he even said, hey, I love Nas. Illmatic is one of the one of my favorite albums of all time. You go back to, like, like that. that's everybody's go-to. Illmatic was, like, Illmatic was like 30 years ago, though. Like, <laughs> if that's all you got to hang your hat on, then you really don't like the dude. Like, Illmatic was Yo, I got a question. I got a question. Illmatic is not the only right? stuff he's ever done. Like, I got a question up? for both of y'all, right? So, so Illmatic is um is is you know considered by many to be the greatest hip hop album of all time, right? But here's my question to y'all: y'all both y'all both love Nas, y'all both love Illmatic. Yo, what's the best song with Illmatic? Sheesh! <laughs> Yo, it's funny wow. you said that because the album is what it is. I've never in my life had to think about that. I've exactly. never in my life had to think about that. But you exactly. know why? Because if I, everything on it, the flavor is so flavorful. It got so many different flavors. Like, at least, especially for back then, like everything you could think of in hip hop was satisfied in one of those songs. So you never really All right. put one up against the other one. Like, I, damn, what I, is? I, I'm, I'm putting y'all, I'm putting y'all on the spot, though. I'm putting y'all on the spot. God damn, that's hard, man. Um, she said, <laughs> "I don't know, man. Cause you could just name a song, represent. I don't know what, yo. But then, like, I think the one best, love was one I of the greatest the, storytelling. <laughs> come on, damn you! Come on, man. I, I I think the the best song on there is One Love, but my favorite song is Represent. Probably wow. followed by It Ain't Hard to Tell." Say that shit is real, or they they can be your last in the jungle. Ooh. Yo, I think I think right, so I, I was think thinking about this. It ain't hard to tell. Might have the been the most myself. like lyrical because he slowed mm. it down a little bit, and I don't know, but he but represent. He was lyrical. It was just sped up. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, that's tough, yo. I'm going with the Pete Rock classic, yo. Then you got memory Pete lane. Rock, I, who, whose world? Whose world is this, man? Whose world is this? That's the one I probably listen to the most because that's on. I think. My I think. I think pound for pound. I think pound for pound. I think you can make the argument for any of them, but I think pound for pound that might be the best song, yo. Damn. What? Which one? Who's the world, world is yours. The world is yours. The world is yours. Damn. I yo. I this can't say no to anything that you just said though. That's the. That's the greatness of the album though. It's hard to say like. You say that, I'm like, damn, you might be right. And then B say what he said. It's mine, it's right. mine, it's mine. Who's <laughs> this? Well, I need to name a different one. 
just to show the greatness of the album, we all pick like three different joints. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm going um, to bow out of that. All right, man, so y'all know what it is, man. Before we get started, we've got to remind y'all that whether you're live with us or not, at any time on demand, you can still check out archive episodes of our show, The War Room, and any and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can do that at our website, warroomsports.com, or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms out there, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, we are there. Just search War Room Sports, and you'll get our show and every other show that's currently recording on our network. So there's never an excuse to miss an episode of The War Room. Tissue and the tape, if you want to argue about what's the best song on, on Illmatic, that might be their next episode once Jimmy uh, plants that idea in their head. Uh, the Broad Street Line with Roy and Chris. Shout out to those guys, superstars. John Appetit with the Wilsons. I'm sorry, John Appetit with the Burtons on the couch with the Wilsons after a further review with the mayor and more, man. So uh, make sure y'all check out everything happening at WRSPN. All right, Hot Topics brought to you by my bookie. War Room family, it's time for you to make some money sports betting in my bookie. If you still haven't checked them out, it's time to stop wasting time and place a bet, man. Lay down some money on all the biggest games in sports by joining the War Room and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get paid fast with no hassle. They even have in-game live betting. So you can place wages after the game starts. So join now. My bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. So just use the promo code WARROOM, one word, all caps, that will activate your offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. Now, fellas, y'all know I've never been much in the way of a gambler, but I've been, I've been peeping. I've been, I've been looking recently, you know, thinking about jumping into some of these parlays. <laughs> and and you know just some of these little prop bets out here. Um, I was emailed something today saying uh, something like I could bet a dollar on whether or not uh, what's the ball name Josh Allen will score a touchdown tonight and win like a hundred dollars or something <laughs> like that. I'm like, damn, that's kind of easy. Do that. But that's how they draw you in with something real easy, and then I go in there and lose all my money. But um. It got me thinking, man. It got me thinking. Anyway, man, FIFA World Cup action, man. The U.S. advances to the knockout round, the round of 16 after a 1-0 win over, excuse me, not Iran, Iran. Got to get that right. And that, that, you know, that was a big issue prior to the game. Um, Did y'all see everything that went on before the game with the reporter? pretty much checking the Americans, first of all, on how to pronounce the country of Iran. They keep saying it's not Iran, it's Iran. Um, They came into this press conference a little bit charged up because a few days earlier on social media, USA Soccer, um, they scratched out, did they scratch out? They scratched out the uh, something on their flag. Yeah, the, 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 the Islamic Republic emblem from the, Iran, from the Iranian flag, supposedly in solidarity, solidarity with protesters in, in Iran fighting for women's rights. So they took that kind of personal. So they got Tyler Adams, um, captain and, and leader of the, the U.S. team. They started questioning him about how he feels um, representing a country that discriminates against black people. 
So it got it got real interesting real quick. Of course, he gave the nice political answer. Um, Tyler Adams, who is black, he apologized for incorrectly pronouncing the country. And then he went on to say, well, there's discrimination everywhere you go. One thing that I've learned, especially from living abroad in the past years and having to fit in different cultures, is that in the U.S. we're continuing to make progress every single day. And he went on to say some more, you know, lovely stuff. And I'm pretty sure until he does something real crazy on the field to cost them um, the, the, their World Cup berth, he's probably everybody's favorite new Negro in America because, you know, he basically defended this country <laughs> against the tyranny of reporters' question. What did y'all think about that whole thing before the game, um, before the match even started? So one one of one of the things that that I know for me, I love these world stages because it gives an opportunity to put a lens on, and not just the U.S. but Western hip, hypocrisy and their quote-unquote pseudo-morality, right? Because the, they, this didn't just start with Iran. They wouldn't, they wouldn't show the opening ceremony. Iran, of, big dog. Iran. That's what it is. Persian. They wouldn't show the opening ceremony of the games or, or of uh, that shit, right? the World no, Cup because of Qatari's issue with what they consider slave labor and building. Um, there's the whole everyone must uh, or, or a lot of the Western teams wanted to wear uh, rainbow uh, bands around their arm in support of LGBTQIA plus um, Dwayne Wade's daughter. Like, there was a whole lot of yo. that going on. And hey, yo. the West, the, the, a, lot of the, a lot of the Muslim countries and Islamic countries like, yo, that's out of here with that. Like, get out of here, man. Get out of here. And so, it, you know, that, that's an interesting backdrop to this whole thing with the U.S. men's national team social media disrespecting the Persian squad's uh, flag. And, and I, I just – That's not like, why can't they just go over there and, and, and rock? You know what I'm saying? Why we got to be on social media Why, why it got to be all that? Yeah. Well, let me let me add a, let me add Good, a different perspective to it, right? Because mm-hmm. y'all know that I'm not the biggest uh, soccer fan. No disrespect to the footballers out there, but I'm not the biggest soccer fan. Although I did, oh, I'm Jim, watching this. Now get, that, real yeah. quick, before now that you said that, it reminded me. Plus, when the match first started, the Americans in the stadium were uh, chanting, "It's called soccer." It's called I'm yeah, like, come on. y'all are the last <laughs> to the party in this world's game, and you're trying to impose your like, well, Americans are so arrogant, so disrespectful. Yo, but, <laughs> but I can't lie though, right? So I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but all of the politics and the slander and all that actually got me interested in it, right? I know that sounds crazy. It's almost like um, nah, I mean, it's always like when you that. talk about yeah, our, our train, you right? talk about our sports. And how they try to get the um, the non football watcher, they try to get like the ladies or the people who are just like casual mm-hmm. fans by showing stories and doing things outside of the actual game. So that's kind of how this worked for me. And even yeah, in pre game beef, fan, I, died, you interested. I died laughing. Oh yeah, listen, pre game beef. I'm in. I'm, <laughs> listen, we love drama, man. It's a it's a human thing to be attracted to drama, right? It's just 
since the beginning of time, right? I mean, it's, it's the reason why the Bible works. It's the reason why Quran. It's the, it's the the drama involved in the story. So when you create drama and you create these things, I'm in. Like you know, shout out to Iran. Also, another thing is like watching the World Cup. Though a lot of these countries got some baddies. What some bad Iranian y'all? Like, yo, and they getting pointed out on Twitter every day. Like yo, find her for me. <laughs> like yo, oh, dude, like, like yo, like who knew? Yo, one dude talked about the, the some Iranian chick talking about some yo. Somebody find her for me and let her know if she wants to escape the tyranny of <laughs> of Iran. Like. I'm like, yo, people crazy, but the Duh. internet is definitely no, great for some laughs. y'all. Nobody knew that. Nobody knew Iran had some some nice work like that, y'all. Now I ain't, I'm, I'm, I ain't gonna hold you. I'm very stereotypical in my views. Like I was, I, I just assumed, like, yo, why she ain't got her face covered? But maybe that's not that part of the world. <laughs> yo, like, I don't know. They got, yeah, <laughs> yo, they I didn't know. I don't know which nice country. Work. But, I was like, yo, I mean, listen, I've been through a lot of strip clubs. I ain't never met a John from Iran. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she, she look like a regular Instagram mom. Like, but, yeah, um, you should definitely get a, yeah, I'd be a ring check gut. Yo, so I, I, so, I, I her family like, never hear from her again. Like, because of their rebuttal against what, you know, the U.S. did on their Instagram, and him coming right at their necks, talking about some, well, how do you feel representing a country that, discriminates against black people, yo, I automatically started rooting for Iran in that game. Of course, they lost. But, um, I mean, Jim, you already know my history. It's not hard for me to yeah, switch sides in international competition. It, it really depends. Like, especially in soccer, I don't really know any of these cats. So there's nothing there for me to, to grasp onto. So if America does something, you know, that I don't like, then I, could, I just switch sides on you. Um, for a long time, I've rooted for them to lose in, in international basketball competition. It was hard for me to root against, like, the 2018 because it had a lot of dudes on it that I like, a lot of dudes that I root for. But I don't know. I, you know, I'm like, we get their comeuppance in sports sometimes. We try to impose our our will, our culture, and our views on every other part of the world. Never yeah. run me the wrong way a little bit, man. I used to root for them to lose until they started losing. Then I'm like, hold up. No, y'all no, wouldn't no, really lose. Like, like, <laughs> right. Now yeah, you. like, hold up. Y'all wouldn't really to lose. What's the problem with y'all? Right. See, but I think that's what – I think that's where my mind is. Like, I'd rather – I'd rather root for the U.S. when they're underdogs because I'm – you know, I always love an underdog story. I always want the underdog to win. So you know, I think it got a lot to do with that too. So when they go on somewhere thinking they're supposed to bash somebody, I'd, I'd love to see it go the other way. All right, so um, B, uh, what's their chances against the Netherlands uh, on Saturday? I mean, because even if they do win that game, most likely they're gonna get fed to Argentina. But what's their chances? Yeah, no, one step gonna, at a time. What's their, uh, their chances? They're they're the underdogs against the Netherlands, but is there a good chance that they can come out of this victorious? It's uh, it's possible. Uh, it, it, it's, it's possible. I, they probably I, ain't got no I, beef I, with the Dutch, so I probably can just root for the U.S. in that one. <laughs> they ain't gonna say nothing mm, to the Dutch. They, they, the the Netherlands has some killers uh, on the squad. They're 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 up they're up against it. They're up against it. You know, all of these uh, colonial powers uh, were able to siphon off resources <laughs> from 
from the countries they colonized. The Netherlands is no different. They got a whole bunch of brothers that are first generation Netherlanders. I know that's not the word, but you know, like even this guy that really leads their line, Memphis Depay, he's a Ghanaian and he like reps Ghana hard, but still was like when it came to playing for him, he was like F O H I'm a play for the Netherlands. Um Oh he pulled a he like, pulled an Elijah one. Jimmy's yeah, yeah, favorite yeah, photo. Damn, dog. Yeah, you got <laughs> you survived. Had the flag draped around him like he loved America, boy. It's messed up. Love Mark. He was look, out there looking like Herschel Walker. Um, I mean, Joel, Joel about to play international competition for the French. Wasn't it the French? Yeah, he about to be yeah, rocking yeah. with um with Rudy and and, and Webb by yeah. Damn, they about to be nice, though. Yeah, that's what about he is. Joel, he Rudy, he Webb by he saw Frankie out there and was like, you know what? This is where I'm going. <laughs> he probably not even thinking about Rudy. Yeah, Rudy can get on the bench. Yo, I tell you one thing, though, um, from watching the World Cup. Like, you know, again, I got to preface this. I'm not the So, yeah, the U.S. Biggest, has no uh, chance. <laughs> yeah, but, but, yo, but one thing I'll add to this is that, yo, I thought the flopping in basketball was bad, yo. The flopping in soccer is out of control because oh, game from as a soccer, you got to look at the root fan as a soccer fan, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. It's literally it's it's disgusting. Like you're Yo, disgusting. Dumb. Y'all got to look at the roots, though. Remember, we give a lot of the credit to the spread of flopping to to people like Vladi Diva. They're coming from them soccer playing nations, so they didn't put that over here. It took you know a good twenty years to really grab a hold. But now, you know, that's what we over here doing. But it, it's crazy over there because they look like – dudes are looking like they can't walk. Like they'll never walk again. And then 30 seconds later, they running and jumping up in the air, kicking the rock. Like it's almost – like it's, it's it's completely <laughs> comical, dog. Like I saw the one boy look like he straight died. I was like, oh, man. Like, <laughs> Rolling like, around. Did you hear the one why why no ambulance out there? He was screaming. I'm like, oh, he <laughs> yeah. broke something. I, 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 was, I was convinced. He fooled me. Through all the flopping, boy, fool me. He was screaming like he broke something because no grown man is going to scream like that unless his bone is hanging out of his skin, unless he got a compound fracture. Yo, he was up. <laughs> he was up in like 20 seconds running around full speed. Yeah, they out of pocket with that, yo. They out of pocket. <laughs> Way out of pocket. Yo, and B, what's in that magic spray they be spraying, man? What's that, like liquid nitrogen or something? <laughs> a little bit of cocaine <laughs> stimulant. Uh, a little bit <laughs> it just of freeze your leg until later. <laughs> So they can little that fatty wop. Yeah, little that fatty. I feel you, cause they spray that on, they get right up, just do what they do what they gotta do. Um, my man Pulisic though, I ain't gonna front. I said in the first game I saw him and like he bought that life. He tough, he tough. Like he be trying to get up, he be trying to play when they telling him nah, lay back down, but. He he, tough. So we'll see if he plays because he got hurt scoring the only goal of the game uh, the other day. So we'll see if he makes it back for for Saturday's game against the Netherlands. All right, our stat of the week, man. Our stat of the week: the Bull Tyrese Halliburton from the Indiana Pacers is the first player in NBA history with 40 plus assists and zero turnovers over a three-game span since individual turnovers have been tracked, which is 1997, I mean, 1977-1978 season. Um, before y'all give me y'all two cents on him, I'm going to go into the quote of the week because it's also about dude. 
Quote, Sacramento may have traded away a Hall of Famer in Tyrese Halliburton. End quote. Another quote. It is not fair to have an MVP conversation without talking about him. First quote is from Rich Kamla. The second quote is from Antonio Daniels, who they do a show on NBA TV, not NBA TV, on NBA radio together. So I just happened to be listening in the car, and I heard them cold off and boil that hard. So I'm like, yo, we got to talk about this. I know Tyrese Halliburton is good. I, I, I do. Is he this good to this level, or is this just, again, our society can't wait till somebody sustains something for a nice amount of time before we're ready to crown them? This dude says Sacramento may have traded away a Hall of Famer. Um, and then Antonio Daniels, who played in the NBA, said it's not fair right now to have the MVP conversation without talking about him. Do y'all think that's true? Do y'all think the the, the the Hall of Fame thing, okay, like, you can say might about anybody who's playing well right now. So we, we can even skip over that part. But right now as it stands, early in the season, is that true? Can you not have the MVP conversation without his name coming up in the conversation? Hell yeah, you can yeah, have you that can. conversation. You can talk a whole lot. All right, well, listen, before before y'all tell me why, let me let me read you off, at least statistically, what he's doing right now. Uh, Ty- Tyrese Halliburton, y'all know he's a 6'5 guard, plays point guard and shooting guard, but he, for Indiana, he settled into that point guard spot. Right now in the young season, he's averaging 19.3 points per game, 11.2 assists, which I believe leads the league, 4.6 rebounds, 1.8 steals, uh, 0.3 blocks, and 2.6 turnovers per game. He's shooting uh, – he is shooting – what is he shooting? He's shooting 47% from the field, 37% from three, and 85% from the free throw line. And I guess the biggest thing in all of this is that the Indiana Pacers, who was projected to have the worst or the second worst record in the NBA between them and Utah, are sitting in fourth place in the Eastern Conference right now. So I guess that has a lot to do with it as well because they're looking at him as being the catalyst behind that. So 19, 11, and 5 pretty much. And his team is top four right now. So can you have the MVP conversation without talking about Tyrese? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely you can. Yeah. Yeah. Like all that being absolutely, you can. Yeah. All that being said, yes, you can. And I say that too. So a couple things about you see what about, about this is conversation. Doing. You see what Luca is doing. You see what Giannis is doing. You can absolutely have that conversation. Yo, it's, no, it's, nothing it's crazy, crazy, right? Because he's nice. He's definitely nice. Because now we we live in this uh, a climate where we have um you know twenty four seven three sixty five sports talk. Like it's, it's to the point now where I can't even listen to sports talk. Like I don't watch ESPN haven't listened to sports radio in probably a decade. Like, yo, it's because you have to fill the air with so many things that they just make up topics that the hosts don't believe in. No one really cares. They just, like, look for things to talk about. And this week he's been, you know, the go-to guy to talk about um, in sports talk. And how I know that is just based on, like, Twitter because, you know, all the hyperbole is then brought to the timeline. With that being said, though, I will I will give the young man credit for this. He's like a a, a, a basketball savant. Um, I was watching a clip, and I think I shared it to the group chat too, where 
they asked him about a specific play in, like, the first quarter of a game, at the end of the game, and he, like, broke it down, but they, like, showed the highlight at the same time he was talking. And when I tell you he described to a T exactly what happened on a random play in the first quarter. Every single Yo, I was like – I was like, how did he even he do did that? Too. Like, it he doesn't make he sense. told was... you how many dribbles he took between this defender and that defender, and then he went saw yeah, this like... guy. I, I remember that, yeah. But he, he was, was talking like, about the, the play where he assisted on the game-winning shot. But, you, yeah, you're not supposed you to saw... remember details like that. We hear LeBron talk like he that. He sound like, yo, boy, sound like Charlie Babbitt, yo. He sound like Rain Man. Like, <laughs> he got yo, he's not, yo, he's out of pocket, yeah, yo. So, like, I mean, you know. Cincinnati. Yeah, gotta do <laughs> time for Wapner. But yo, like seriously though, like he was um, he was he's really out of pocket. I mean, it's a uh, you know, but and he's playing out of his mind. So it's no disrespect to him to say that. But there's just a handful of folks. First off, um, I watched a video the other day on a what's that YouTube channel? Uh, Jimmy High Roller dude, breaking down all the basketball stats. But he was like, you know, just going through the, the statistics. He's statistically speaking, this is um. From a statistic standpoint, the greatest NBA season ever. Like, the numbers are just through the roof, and there's a ton of candidates for the MVP. But you still got the same old, same old. You know what I mean? You got you got the Giannis's, you got the Stephs, you know what I mean? You got the Jokic's, you got, you know, look look at the numbers that um, Slowball and Dallas is putting up. So it's just so many names that will come to mind before you get to him, and that's no disrespect to how he's playing or what he's doing. But, you know, I, you can have that conversation without mentioning his name. And then last night was a big deal because he went back to Sacramento, the team that traded him, you know, them saying that Sacramento traded away a Hall of Famer. So all eyes were on him in this particular um, contest. And if you're looking at the plus minus of that game, he was minus 24. So he didn't have a great night going back to the people that traded away, traded him away. Um, what did he, I think he was like four for 13 from the field. Uh, scored nine points, had ten assists, and um, four rebounds. So they hyped that matchup up, and he went in there. You're not going to find an MVP candidate. And, again, this is no knock on him. This is a, a knock on the people that's putting this type of pressure on him, putting his name up there where it probably shouldn't be yet. But you're not going to have an MVP candidate on most nights go back to a place where they actually have an axe to grind and get you nine points. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, slow down, everybody. Tyrese Halliburton is a very good young player. I'll ask you all this. Tyrese Halliburton or Tyrese Maxey? I know what uh, Skyview is going to say in the chat room. But who who y'all got? Halliburton. Yeah, I would go Halliburton as well. I think think Halliburton's skill set tools. I don't think think it's that I think Tyrese is too one-dimensional. If you're looking yeah. for – it depends on what you're looking for. If you just need a flat-out score – and that's the thing. Tyrese Halliburton is not even considered a score, but he still averages like two points less than Tyrese Maxey. But to be fair, Tyrese Maxey got to share that with Harden. He got to share that with Embiid. So he probably could score more if he wanted. But Tyrese Maxey still doesn't do much outside of scoring. So it depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for an all-around guard, combo guard, bigger guard, who can do a little bit of everything, then Halliburton will easily be your guy. If you just need a killer, I guess for me, I, I gotta, then you got Max. I got a bias because 
because boy, boy be in Wawa, so it's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, <laughs> you be sure that's, that's the young boy. Yeah. No, he, he definitely, definitely, you know. That's it. You know, if, you, if you just need a killer, you need somebody, yo, go get me some buckets. Then you got Maxi all day to the Maxi. I'm, I'm surprised because right. I'm usually the one that likes to kill him. Yeah, you, you usually do. There's usually Tyrese Halliburton would be a um, a Doc Bayon pick. He's going to fill the stat sheet up for you. Yeah, did you see how great Boris Diaw is? He had nine, 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 and nine. <laughs> Yo, he damn sure did say Boris was his favorite player at one point. Boris Diaw wasn't Boris Diaw's favorite player at no point. But, um, all right, so let's get back to the big topic, man, that we didn't really get to discuss in depth last week. Of course, Washington Post put out the article last week with the photo of Jerry Jones, a 14-year-old Jerry Jones, standing outside the doors of his high school when in Little Rock when they were trying to uh, trying to desegregate the school. The black guys were being the black kids were outside being blocked. Um, the entrance was being blocked by all the white kids. Uh, we discussed it last week, Jim, and, and the first thing we were talking about, just looking at the still photo, the fact that Jerry Jones was somewhere in the back, we was like, it's going to be easy for him, especially for people who want to believe him, i.e. black cowboy fans, because they don't want their, you know, they don't want their loyalty to be called into question if, if, there's, if it's something in their mind that they can justify. So where he was standing in the photo fact is you didn't see like his mouth open at the time or a frown or a scowl on his face i knew he was going to try to just say hey i was just there i was curious i wanted to see what was going on um but at the end of the day that was a photo of white kids blocking the entrance to black kids so if you were out there you were among the people blocking the entrance so before we get into the fallout from this week and who who put themselves into the fray. Jimmy, what's your thoughts of the photo in general and the fact that he did try to go ahead and say, I was just a kid being curious instead of, you know, there was no apology. There was no, I changed. It was none of the stuff that Kyrie had to do to get back on the court. What do you think he was out there for? I'm, you believe him? I'm confused. I'm more confused as to why we don't think that these white owners of teams, um, come from that like i'm confused by the I'm confusion confused. Why they even, think he, even if he was from that why do you think he changed now i mean right now i didn't need that photo getting bread off the that he grew up with like you don't mean he like him. i didn't need that photo i assume he grew up with space <laughs> in his basement like what, what, what are we even talking about like to me that was tame as opposed to in my head would i see all these owners like right. that i saw the photo i didn't realize it was going to become that big of a deal because this is what i assume anyway like and, and maybe, you know, that's my naivete because these dudes are white folks that grew up at a certain time. Like, what did I think he'd be a part of? And, and I, I don't know how to break this to folks. He ain't the only and, one. And, it's some, and in a certain place. A lot of work for Right. But yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the thing. Like, how do they even – like, how do you even open your lips to give any of them the benefit of the doubt in a situation like this? You know exactly what those people are out there for. You know what I'm saying? When you see the photos, 
even if it's not the video, if you see the still photo of people getting hit with the with the hoses, you knew what was going on out there. Even if you were if you didn't have a hose in your hand and you just happened to be standing there for the still shot. The crazy part is the fact that he tried to jump on the story that people were giving him as the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, he's just young. He might have just been standing there. Y'all don't know what he was doing. Yo, I would be you know, it would be so refreshing to me if they let him build that story up and then a video came out later. Oh, my God, I would love that. Uh, I would love that. And then you get to see, you know, because still shots, still shot can incriminate you when there's really nothing there to incriminate or it can make you look innocent when you were out there acting an ass. Like we've seen so know, many still shots in sports action where just action. in a split second, somebody, you might have been, oh, look how he's looking at yeah. his teammate. And then you, you look at the you, video you know, and like, oh, it wasn't really like yeah. that. He looked, he you looked don't know the action before or after that still. Right. You don't know what that behavior was. And, and so the fact uh, that it's still to us, it's still forever. Like if I'm gritting on you in the still photo, that's just what you see. And like I said, then the video comes out, you know, he halfway looked over there for a split second. But a still photo can do a lot, but a video can do a whole lot more. <laughs> so I'm I'm praying yeah. that somebody's just waiting for him to dig a deeper oh. hole with trying to act innocent and then bring this out. Oh, so, oh, all I can really go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Say what you're saying. I, I'm just going to build on what Brother Jim Browski just said because I think the three of us, being men of a certain age, having a certain knowledge of self and the knowledge of the world that surrounds us, we just come to expect it. Like, this isn't shocking. It's not unbelievable. It's not even, you know, even if you couldn't see in that picture that young Gerald had a bull with, that wouldn't be surprising to us. Like, it, right. you know, he, right. he was he in the crowd. We don't know what he had in his hand. He, he comes from that, in that, and that was the era. What I would what I would put forth is this is an example why it can be a little bit disheartening as a black person when you examine and look at other black people in the United States of America because when you see what other ethnic groups how they deal with disrespect uh, and I'm gonna go back a ways here, there was a time when at the beginning of the whole um, situation that Asian folks were dealing with, I believe there were several Chinese Americans that were accosted, maybe even killed. I can't remember specifically, but the country, the Republic of China, spoke up and commented on what was going on in the U.S. with U.S. citizens that were of Chinese descent in Chinese, you know, community in America. Then you see Kyrie retweet something, not speak, not picture, not video, not just retweet and speak about, you know, his journey towards enlightenment. It's a huge brouhaha in a certain segment of the U.S and world population goes to DEFCON 3 alert. Some of y'all get that. And it's, it's a huge 
thing and and we get to we get pointed to the to the holocaust we get pointed to points throughout history where that group of people were completely mistreated right but for us it's just run of the mill and not only is it run of the mill but people from the community and groups of people students going to that school come from are willing to make excuses for Jerry because you live in a world where disrespect of us is acceptable even to us. You only get treated the way you allow yourself to be treated. And I I learned that from, uh, shout out to uh, Mrs. Anderson. I learned that like that's something my wife loves to say. Like disrespect only comes from a place where people feel comfortable disrespecting you. Even if it's something where they're cracking a joke and they're smiling and they're not thinking it's offensive, the reason why do they feel comfortable cracking that joke with you and why won't you crack their face back? Because they know you won't crack their face back. They know you won't. And so we have media personalities screaming A. Smith, we looking at you, who immediately give Gerald the benefit of the doubt. Immediately. Didn't even have to be asked. Just right. Just it, his position well, is listen. his position is, man, that I mean the photo was sixty five years ago. Like, do you want somebody judging you off what you were doing at fourteen years old? And he and he also called it like a, a huge example of can, cancer culture. Like people digging in the stuff of your past and, and canceling you. Yo, so, it, you know, it, we've talked about indictment. stuff like that for a while, but hey, come on, you, you can't give that the benefit of the doubt. We say stuff like that, we're talking about, we've generally been talking about comedians saying something, comedians, rappers, or somebody saying something back at a time when saying that was actually a little bit acceptable and then you know, cancel them now. Like Eddie Murphy can't do Eddie Murphy raw in 2022. It's just, it's, it's just not possible. Like the way they rapped in, in 1995, you can't rap like that in 2022. You can't use the language. You can't call some, you know, can't say some of the words that you said back then that it, it's just different, but he's trying to liken it to stuff like that where people go back and and find stuff you said and try to cancel you now. I don't I don't think this is the same type of thing though. I don't think this is the same type of thing because like y'all keep saying, like they were raised off that. They were born into that. Like what makes us think now when they're of a position of way more power that anything in their mindset has changed. So why is he that quick to give him, you know, the benefit of the doubt? Well, it's obvious because Stephen A. is a house nigger. All right. So as as a house nigger and uh, raccoon, um, and, and I apologize because we may get – no, we won't because we're not talking about the untouchables. Um, as as such, he's quick to give the benefit of the doubt. And, and I guess my position, again, comes back to other groups, ethnic groups, Culturally, they have defense mechanisms, protection mechanisms that that don't rely on other groups to come and call out 
the, the wrong or the negatives, they stand up immediately and get at the threat. And this, yes, would be perceived as a threat. Stephen A is talking about it was 65 years ago. Yeah, it was 65 years ago, but I challenge him to show me exactly how far have we come in 65 years, number one. And number two, does it being 65 years ago make it less wrong? Because if it's still wrong and it was wrong back then, then the natural reaction of Jerry Jones would be to apologize and state how much different of a human being that he is now. That's not the case. And That's he did where all he way. said was I was a curious kid. So yeah, he wasn't forced to yeah, to, to, to renounce racism and the type of stuff that they try to force Kyrie and other black people to do when they say something or do something that people feel is out of line, whether it happened now or or if it happened in the past. So B, I'm glad you actually started your response like that because I want to read you an excerpt from what Stephen A. actually said on his podcast um, because he addressed what people have been calling him on his podcast. You know he can't really do that on ESPN. So on his podcast, he started out the show saying, all right, one can only be called a sellout and a coon and all of this other stuff, but so much before you feel compelled to respond, particularly when you're a black man. He said, y'all want to attack everybody. Why Why don't we listen to one another? Uh, I'm not friends with Candace Owens. I never met her a day in my life. But if you disagree with something she said, tell us what it is and why rather than saying she's a sellout. That's easy. Why? Let's educate ourselves. Why would you think that? Why? Argue her facts. You want to criticize me and what my positions are. I'm good with that. Y'all tell me why. If you're right, I'll say so. You know how hard it is for me to listen to people that have worked in this industry for years with the stuff I know about them, listening to them and their drivel talking nonsense about me. They ain't do a damn thing to help our community. I put my career on the line every day fighting for us, and we're going to go out like that because I don't agree with y'all position on a still photo from 66 years ago? Really? We better wake up, y'all. Um, yeah, let me, then he let went me, on to say respond. stuff like um, he still defended dude was like because he said, he said a notable – someone notable asked him to explain what Jerry Jones has done to stem the tide of racism and exclusion. Um, like Jimmy used to ask people, like they say they did something. Jim, like, all right, what you do for Black Lives Matter? So basically, he hit him with that. And then Stephen A. Smith's answer to that was, is that his obligation? He owns a football team. He employs a multitude of people. You know how many folks are employed by the Dallas Cowboys organization who happen to be minority? What exactly is he supposed to do? What's his obligation? So I find that funny, B and Jim, because if that's his opinion. Okay, like a lot of us have that opinion of owners. Like, okay, they own football teams, they own basketball teams. They're not interested in sticking up for black people and and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, when he's sitting on TV arguing about stuff like the Rooney Rule and how people should be looking into minority coaches and hiring minority coaches, now it's like he's talking out of both sides of his mouth because – that's your argument when you're sitting in the studios at ESPN, but now you're saying, is that his obligation? So which is it? Is he obligated to hire minority coaches and all of that, or is he not because he's just a football team owner? So he's talking out of both sides right now. Yeah, I, I, had, a, I had a little bit different perspective, um, not, not opposed to yours, but he asked for dialogue and discourse. My response to that would be 
if someone smacks the shit out of your mom, there really is no conversation that I need to have before I whip your ass. Then once I whip your ass, we can have a conversation. And the reason that I use that analogy is that little girl also in that photo, those black children in that photo from 65 years ago, they represent our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunties, our uncles, right? So Gerald Jones and his group of folks were in that photo. We know the history behind the photo. We know the history of the occurrence. That is a smack in the face of our grandmothers, our aunties, our uncles, our grandfathers. So we can have the dialogue and discourse after it is acknowledged that Jerry Jones was a participant in a heinous, malicious, racist act towards young black children trying to get educated and go to school. Once that's acknowledged, okay, you want to have discourse, you want to talk as a black person, I really don't understand where the defense or forgiveness, or I, I don't understand, but what he's asking for on almost on behalf of Jerry Jones, I don't even understand how he doesn't see that as an affront and what occurred in that picture, what we know, like we said, like like the explanation was given. We don't know, we don't know what Jerry was doing there and he was in the back, right? Well, let's go here. If we're all in the car together and one of us pop off and uses the blicky to lay something down, I didn't even know you had it. I didn't even know what was going on. But guess what? We all been standing. You going to jail? You going to jail? We an accessory. So Jerry Jones was an accessory and an accomplice to something at worst, at at best, was a moral crime, if not an actual crime, towards young black students trying to desegregate and educate themselves. Like, why? Why are we acting like that? So, what's the defense to do? I don't need to know and understand and educate myself on Candace Owens' position if time in and time out, time, everything she says and does is anti-black, what, what do we got to talk about? Like, after that I mean, is acknowledged, after that's been anyway. explained, then we could talk. Yo, real quick, if you're real saying, quick, if somebody think, say, look, we're going to go outside and block these niggas from getting in this school, right? If you're just yeah. curious... You're not going to stand between the people and the door. You're not going to stand you're in the stand group off to the them. side and watch. You're going to be off what? somewhere in the side just trying to see what's happening. I'm just like, like, it's, it's, it's a Yo, Jerry knows damn well he was letting them in words fly that day. Mm-hmm. That's, why I can't wait for, that's why I can't wait for the video to come out because they got it. Yo, and then the, they just the, the crazy part home. is, though, the thing for me is why is this shocking? Like, like here's the thing, right? We we watch a lot of uh, you know, um, video. I think at this no, 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 point no, no. we're more upset with Stephen A. than than Jerry Jones. I think yeah, more but there are people who are actually Jones. like, oh my god, I can't believe this, and I'm like, do you realize when you see those people in those white hoods and all that? Like there are people underneath there, <laughs> and I think sometimes people try to separate the the fact that we see those, those white hoods. Like these are real people under there. These are people that are owners of teams, judges, lawyers, <laughs> like. These he probably bought some groceries from one last week before he put on Yo, the bill. All y'all folks that love them, kind of love them, love them folks, go into their closet, see if you see any of those sheets in there, because they still exist. But anyway, man, 
Um, I mean, did y'all hear what Jerry out. Jones said about his team kneeling for the national anthem? Like, come on, it came out then. It came, it came, his ideology came out then. <laughs> and them boys all Yo, fell man. in line. Because he said, if anybody from the Dallas Cowboys kneel, they ain't going to be a Dallas Cowboy anymore. And they all fell in line. Yeah. And all the people who root for that organization was cool with that. Because of five rusty-ass championships from back in the day. Dog. Like, like, that's more important they to had them to fight. They had people. to fight to get Paul to change the D.C. team name. They had to, like, really fight for yeah, that. They've been, like, they 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 been fighting him for, like, they 20 fight years. For, for, like, 25 years. They've Come been on, man. Now, fighting now, about Dev, now, Dev, now, Dev is going to let Dev is gonna let the fan base off the hook, but I'm not because, look, Jimmy, it was black people fighting tooth and nail for that name to remain Redskins. Oh yeah, we got we got some you know some black people. We I never, to be honest, with. I ain't never fought. I ain't never really fought with many white folks over that name. It's been mostly <laughs> us, a group that is historically just as, if not more so, oppressed than fighting for them to remain a racial slur. Like, come on, man. We we are we we suffer from a measure of psychosis, trauma what have you on our on all so the fact that we would get into um what is the what is it called when you when you actually uh support your oppressor or your kidnapper there's a specific you, <laughs> term, you see, you terminology. Saying you're saying that we start we struggling now with uh what you call it um when you uh yeah. <laughs> oh, I, oh I can't think of the term name us of that chick the chick who had the uh Started agreeing with her captain. Anyway, oh, yeah, I know you talk yeah, about. Yeah, I can't think of the name either. Yeah, but no, I mean that's a bit. Casey Mack in the chat was like, Jerry didn't say that. He said, "I wish a knuckle would kneel during that stop, national stop anthem." Home, <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, stop home, oh, stop I, home I definitely home. thought of that. I didn't think that's what you were talking about. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, here's a lot the thing, of people suffer from that. Thing, but this is like, this is just a sport. Like, why is it like, why is it that serious? This is just a sport. <laughs> Listen, because it's because it, it always is, man. It's, it's always politics, man. It's funny because sometimes our folks measure their value by their proximity to whiteness, and they don't even recognize that's what they're doing. Woo! They really don't. So, so they're going to agree Wait, with up, the whole red skin thing up, and all up, that because selecta, selecta. run the track back. Say that again. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> no, I said a lot of times our folks value themselves by their proximity to whiteness. In a, in, in a lot of times they don't even they don't even recognize that's what they're doing. That you know what I'm saying? Great. Like, <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, you know, be often said it, not me. These schools got. Look at look how clean these schools is and these big schools. Like, you know I mean, like this. Look this at the facilities. They got better coaching. Look at the facilities. Look at the no. facilities. Look at all this. Look at all these white women. But um, you know, so I mean, <laughs> it's something that it's something that a lot of us struggle with. And don't recognize that's what we're doing. But then you got to ask yourself the question: Is why is that the reason? Why why do we do that? Because that's what's been ingrained in us, man. We. We really still struggling from things that happened to our people hundreds and hundreds of years ago, man. And it, you know, it, but to see it play out the way it's played out on this platform is it, it, kind of crazy. But this also goes to our other topic, tying them together. Sometimes, man, like I don't even know if Stephen A. believe half the stuff he be saying, yo. I really don't. 
but I really think that Stephen A. I mean, is hundred percent committed to be. Yo, I really believe that he's a hundred percent committed to 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 making engaging TV and to get the ratings. Yeah. I think even though he doesn't own a, a more than, portion of the of that. But, hey man, know, my man told you already. He get up every day trying to figure out how he's gonna make this. Yeah, get him, give him his piece. I'm gonna make them as much money as possible, and they're gonna give him my piece. And actually, you said know what I mean? the like, words. Told- like I'm not paraphrasing. He said, "I wake up every morning wondering how I can make the bosses at ESPN more money." Yo, why are you talking like that? <laughs> like I don't even like that word <laughs> to begin with. I can't call somebody my boss, even if in yeah. essence. They ain't nothing but my ball. I can't use that word, man. Yeah, I, I gotta say, my, I gotta say, my manager or something yes. like that. Like my Somebody man said, my like, ball. No, like this boy said, hey, listen, I'm, man. I wake so my up thing every is, morning I really to believe. I can make the ball, not make yourself. And listen, that's, but make the bosses yeah, see, more money. It's just how he expressed it. He could have said it a different way because I understand what, what he's saying. He's really he, could, yeah, he, he just don't know what he, he don't know how he comes But he should because everybody tells him how he come across all the time. He could have said add value. He could have just used the term add value. I want to add value to my organization because, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, he's the face of that of that brand. But so I believe that he's 100% committed to creating content. He's a content creator, for lack of a better term, and he does a great job at it. I don't know whether – I don't even know if he believes in half of the issue he says. But one thing I do know is, like, he put the pressure on like Shannon and Stephen A has found a way to make himself the topic more so than anything else. Right. So then what will happen and is, the funny you know, thing Shannon about and, and everybody got to respond. He's not capping when he talks about the time, money, efforts that he gives to black causes and stuff like that. He's not capping about that. And to a certain extent, since, you know, we've been doing this for 13 years, we used to complain about this a lot, probably around year four, year five of how, you can't have a certain opinion even on sports if you know if you're black we can't we can't say certain things it used to irk us but this is not sports he just happens to be a sports team owner like this there's no black and white i mean this is black and white there's no gray area with this like we used to say that kind of stuff when people act like black because we're black black quarterbacks were above um criticism like that kind of stuff. Like, damn, we can't have our own opinion because we're black. We can't say anything negative about black athletes. That is totally different than defending somebody that was standing outside of Little Rock Central High School trying to, you know, prevent black people from coming into the school. That is totally different. Yo, I don't even think I don't even think Stephen A. at this point sees himself as a sports person. He's a content creator, and he just wants to get. He he want to keep, for lack of a better term. He's trying to keep the computers putin, man. Like, and we're getting into a scary place. We're getting into a scary place in society where it's so much about the clicks that it's not even about the money no more. Like, cats don't even care about the brand. Yo, you see, you see what Kanye got on there, a TV and said today. Like, he just went way. He went all the way over there. Like, all right, I'm a really, I'm a really get the computers putin. Watch this. And that's the and that's the world we live in. Where as we're speaking right now. AB, who's a constant content creator on Twitter and Snapchat, he's being, you know, embarrassing himself in with the police trying to lock him up. Like, he's still creating content, though. He's streaming. So, with this Stephen A. thing, Bishop Talbert Swan posted a video of Dancing Raccoons to the song Look at the Coon, talking about Stephen A. and his thoughts around this subject. And one of Stephen A.'s colleagues, another black person at 
ESPN, Mark Jones. He's the ESPN play-by-play guy for the NBA, and he's also the play-by-play guy for the local play-by-play guy for the Sacramento uh, Kings. He liked the post, so that caused a lot of uproar. And that might have been who Stephen A. was going at in his little diatribe saying, y'all ain't never done nothing for our community. I put my career on the line every day. I think he was talking to Mark Jones uh, for liking that. When, when, when he was questioned about it and all the backlash started, he deleted his like um, from the tweet. But, <laughs> yo, but this is, where, this is what we've come to these days. Like, whole news stories are made by you just clicking a like button on a post or something like that. Or people know, they think they know exactly what you were thinking because you hit a like button. I do got to say something about that. Like, you got to really chill with that. Like, Elon, if you don't do nothing else, get rid of that, man, because it's some stuff that I be wanting to like, but I don't want nobody to know that I want to like it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right, because it is. (laughs) (laughs) Like, damn. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Like, I be wanting to show love to the to the to the young content creators, but you know what I mean? Clapping and all that. Like, but I can't though. <laughs> I'm not saying that this did this happen. Too public. Everybody gonna know. Like, there was they a just know. Where a, young, a young married couple was going through something, and the husband liked something that a young lady named Cherokee. Uh, her middle name. Her middle name is a D, and I'm not sure her last name. He liked Legend. it, and the brother-in-law saw it. Now, I'm not saying who it was. Could it have been me? Could not have been me. But, yo, liking something doesn't mean that you support what's going on. You just oh, appreciate the did, did, did the brother-in-law in his story snitch, though? No, 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 no. He's a stand-up dude. Okay, all right, all right. I'm about to salute him then. I was about to say, I thought he was going somewhere else. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm still here. He's about to go on, dude. Coward. All right, last thing about this, man, before we take some calls, though. LeBron inserted himself into the conversation. Um, he went to his press, his post-game press conference, and while they were asking him about the game that just happened, he stopped the press conference and told everybody how disappointed he was. And he said, quote, I was wondering why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. But when Kyrie... When the Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us a question about that. Now, I'm going to address that first part. Um, I know things get off the rails sometimes at these post-game press conferences, but I can kind of understand Kyrie is in your league, which you're the face of. Kyrie is also a former teammate of yours, and they're always trying to stir up any beef between LeBron and Kyrie that they could possibly uh, stir up. And it worked that time because – what LeBron said in response to the questions he got about Kyrie wasn't really flattering for Kyrie. And a lot of people in the black community didn't like it at all. I kind of look at LeBron bringing this up and, and saying like, you know, when, when it was about Kyrie, I was all over it, but y'all letting this one get swept under the rug. I think this is, we know LeBron's PR team is top notch. They come through in the clutch bars. I think this was his attempt to, further walk back those initial comments because he walked them back a little bit you know later in that week this is an attempt in my opinion for him to further walk back those comments and get on the good side he was trying to you know increase his point total in the black community he was trying to get some points um and and it works you know how easy things are these days you can manipulate media you can manipulate social media and stuff like that but 
I still Lord like what he ended up saying in the long run because he's yo, like, you know, yo, Kyrie yo, said, yo, I know yo, who yo, I yo, am, yo. and y'all jumped all into that. But in this situation, this has something to do with what my people have gone through in this country, and we're trying to sweep it under the rug. So, so in one accord, I understand why they didn't ask you about it. I mean, LeBron, I guess in that moment, he's telling y'all, I'm Muhammad Ali. I'm I'm old Jim Brown. I'm I'm this. I'm that. So y'all need to come to me with all of this stuff. That's what he's pretty much saying right now. So I hope he doesn't get tired of it because I think from now on they're gonna ask him about any controversial thing in sports that they could possibly think of. So get get ready. Here's the thing, Dad. Real quick, real quick. The thing is, they usually do though, and I think that's what makes it interesting. That that's a great point. That's well, no, because I thought about that too. I thought about that too. But usually they're asking them because the NBA players have already interjected themselves into it. Like, they started getting asked about Colin Kaepernick because they had already started – you started to see stuff. You saw T-shirts. You saw kneeling at the anthem. Yeah, so then they started asking to, those questions. Comes, but they didn't just, like, when it comes to Brian, ask Brown. Brown's press conferences be different because they ask Brown literally about everything and anyone in the world to the point where it's kind of ridiculous, right? But – I also agree with you in in that like I, mean, I understand why they saw, asked him about Kyrie. Though. LeBron saw the response to his original Kyrie thing, right? And it wasn't it wasn't the temperature. It didn't go over the way he he sort of did, and he's been trying to like you know work his way back. And they gave him an opportunity because what he said is he's not wrong, but at the end of the day, it still comes off as disingenuous because. Yeah. It, at least it appears to be that you're, you've been trying to work your way back since the original uh, Kyrie comments. But right, I mean, because what he day, ended though, up saying like, ultimately was like a, you know, it was like a mic, it was a mic drop. And he, he did drop the mic. He got up and left right, right after that. Yeah, but he, he literally, said, he literally I watch had a mic Kyrie drop. talk, and he says, "I know who I am, but I want to keep the same energy when we're talking about my people and the things that we've been through." And that Jerry Jones photo is one of those moments that our people, black people, have been through in America. And I feel like as a black man, as a black athlete, as someone with power and a platform, when we do something wrong, something that people don't agree with, it's on every single tabloid, every every single news coverage. It's on their bottom ticker. It's asked about every single day. But it seems like the whole Jerry Jones situation is, is being buried, you know, under. And, 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 like it and happened, fact of the matter is, right? LeBron is a fake Cowboys fan, right? So it's like I'm, I was shocked yeah. to hear that. Like, you know, LeBron is a fake Cowboys fan. I know, but then he recently didn't he recently come up off of that. He did. He said something. I mean, but that's LeBron. He's got a new squad like every other season. Every every other yeah. he came off of that Cowboys being, being stuff. Who, so maybe they. Being who, but they could have said something like LeBron as a former Cowboys. Fan. We gotta adjust. We gotta adjust our expectations based on the generation that he represents. Everything that you have said, Dev, and Jim has validity. We know he's the king of contrived situations. He wants to create things. Even if you want to call this grandstanding, it was grandstanding. But I I applaud LeBron because he's willing to, to take a stand and make statements that need to be made. So I salute him even though, I, like, I don't, Normally, I would criticize him for the grand. <laughs> like LeBron got a hashtag that goes with his activism more than an athlete. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> like, like yo, you know. he said he said something that needed to be said, and I respect the content of his words so much that I'm like, all right, 
yeah, I know this is LeBron making it about him, as usual, but I appreciate the fact that he stood up and took the shot more more so than I want to criticize him for being his usual LeBron self and making everything about him. Like, I, I respect I, – I respect the bull for taking – the positions he takes, and, and there's something that you've said over the years that it really isn't, it ha- doesn't have the same meaning if you're not really risking something. And I guess my question is, as I watch LeBron, I do feel like he does take calculated risks in the positions that he takes. I have to have some measure of respect. I still know he's corny. I still know he's contrived. But I respect that statement because he's right. He's right. Yeah. I mean, because then you got the times when, you know, they'll ask LeBron about something in society and he'll be like, he'll give you one of them, you know, them LeBron cap answers and then say, well, I, I, got, I got to do more research on the subject before I, you know. And then you have the situation that he benefits from, like China, where he didn't really want no parts of that, you know, conversation about humanity and then, so 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 it's you know, it's it's different out there. But and and I ultimately like what he said after the first you know part of his his rant where he did indeed make it about him because he didn't say you guys didn't ask us. He's saying you guys usually would ask me or you know y'all ask me about Kyrie. Um, yeah, so after that, you know, what he said was was the truth because I think a lot of people are trying to bury this, you know, under the rug because a lot of the conversation has basically moved, and and a lot of our conversation was about it just now. Our conversation has moved to infighting. It's black people fighting black people because of Jerry Jones being a racist. <laughs> so it's like they get us where they want us every single time. Like Jerry Jones is walking away from the, the scuffle. And the scuffle, you know, ended up being black people versus black people. So, like, I can understand Stephen A.'s sentiment when he talks about cancel culture. I can understand his sentiment when he's saying, you know, y'all labeling me when I don't have the same opinion as you. And all of that is something. But this this has gone way beyond a sports opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, Jerry Jones is just a subject in sports. But nothing about what we're talking about has anything to do with sports. And, and you know, what, what does he fashion himself as first, a black man or a content creator? <laughs> hey, listen, man, LeBron is also a content creator. So it's kind of crazy when you look at it, the, the social media has put us in a place where all of us are nothing but walking content creators. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah. you know. All right, yo, so, yo, I, I know, I know, uh, and this is going to surprise some of our listeners, probably not y'all. I know I take take the time to to give LeBron the business for the most part, but I honestly believe that if it was time to ride, I wouldn't be surprised to see LeBron out there. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. He lives a I great think, life. I think LeBron I has gotten past the, you know, like what what is LeBron going to lose at this point? I think LeBron has put himself past. Like he's not. That's true. That's true. You know what I'm saying? He's not Colin Kaepernick. And I'm not I'm not saying that to knock him. I'm saying that like, yo, now you're in a position to do that. So you can do everything that you talk about because 
what they going to do to you now? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? What they going to do to Brian? Yeah, LeBron is like, LeBron they is like you can't hold black him man. hostage like you did Colin Kaepernick because LeBron set for 15 lives. <laughs> Listen, LeBron has made it to like the, the the rare age that black men don't make it. But when a black man turns 70, that's when the governor comes off and he says his <laughs> right. on his mind. That's <laughs> he what he says. Every like, single I mean, you can't, you can't hug a you can't hug a boss nigga like me. Like, well, what uh, Grandpa say in that video? <laughs> yeah, Grandpa was wilding. Like, hell, Grandpa no. said, said Grandpa, on, yo, his grandson just asking for a hug. You know what I mean? Like, what I look like he's hugging like, a sucker? Call him a sucker. He's talking to his grandson. I look like hugging a sucker. You don't hug a he he don't hug a player. No boss nigga like me on the internet. Yo. Yo, Grandpa, that bull. <laughs> All right, real quick, because we got yeah, uh, callers go on the line, man. Let's just do our NFL pick six real quick. NFL Week 13 starts this evening with the uh, AFC East matchup. The Buffalo Bills going to visit the New England Patriots. Uh, who y'all got in this one? Buffalo Bills currently at 8-3. and three, The Patriots at 6-5. and five. The Thursday night tilt. Got Josh um, I'm gonna boys, take the Bills, but I think, I think it's gonna be close. It's gonna be a close game, but I'm taking the Bills. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, man. I say the Patriots defend their home turf, and they pull an upset nice. over the Bills tonight. Watch out nice. for the ball, Ramondre Stevenson. You getting the start at running back because the other ball injured, and when Ramondre gets most of the carries, he do work. I'm taking the race. I'm going to Ramondre. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Joshy and them boys. All right. Uh, how, you look at it, how you look at a newborn and say, yo, well, this is like a Ramondre. Oh, go ahead. No. <laughs> Ramondre. All right. So uh, the second game on our slate is the 7-4 New York Jets with Mike White at quarterback, who balled out last week, um, versus the 9-2 Minnesota Vikings. This is... We always got to put this disclaimer out there when we talk Vikings. This is Sunday at 1 o'clock. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and make this easy for, for myself at least. Um, 1 o'clock, Kurt. Got this in the bag. <laughs> Hashtag 1 o'clock, Kurt. Definitely 1, <laughs> 1 o'clock, Kurt. You like that? <laughs> 100% Kurt. 1 o'clock. 100% Kurt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean – it's, y'all know what it is by by now. Like every every one o'clock game by about four o'clock, y'all man Kirk running down the tunnel screaming. You like that? You like that? I think he do that to his wife. I'm growing. All right, so the third game on the slate, uh, we have the Washington Commandos at seven and five going to New York. Well, to Jersey to see the New York Giants at seven and four. This is a Sunday one o'clock tilt as well. Y'all got in this one, man. Washington, I believe, has won like what six out of their last seven or something crazy like that. And the Giants have kind of been going in the other direction after a very fast start. Do the Giants hold Pat? This this means something now. This game is a this game. The loser falls to last place in the NFC East. I mean, Washington is already there, but if they win this game, the Giants take their place there. So, who y'all got? Giants. I'm going with the the Commandos. I'm taking a hot hand. 
Um, I thought about that as well. I'm, I think I'm going to take the Giants in this one. I think they're going to stop the bleeding, and the Commodores had to lose a game at some point. So I, maybe this is it. I'm not that confident with that because, you know, y'all know how I felt about the Giants from the door. Even with their fast start, I was waiting for the collapse to happen. And now that it started, I'm sitting here picking them to win a game. Um, next game on the slate, the 7-4 and four Tennessee Titans with King Henry uh, goes into the link in Philadelphia to face the 10-1 and one Eagles, another Sunday at 1 p.m. game. Who y'all got? Eagles aren't great at stopping the run. We know the Titans are going to run. Run, nigga, run. Yeah, I got in this one. <laughs> uh, I'm going with the 10-1 and ones to be the 11-1. and ones. And and it's not that I believe we can stop anything. I just am not sure that Tennessee got great. offense other, other, <laughs> other than there. Like, do they have anything else other than the Kings? I mean, we took their best weapon, and I think he might be out there. Not with something to prove because it's not like, you know, Tennessee did him dirty or anything like that. But you always want to have a great performance against your old team. So maybe, you know, maybe just maybe hey, A.J. You, Brown so what might you, so decide what you're saying to hold is he ain't going to be out there week. giggling? He ain't going to be out there giggling and smiling and shit? Giggling and dribbling. He's going to be out there giggling and dribbling. So I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. Who you got, Jim? I'm rolling with the They're going to get gashed, though. They're going to get gashed. <laughs> All right, uh, so then we have the 8-3 and three Miami Dolphins visiting the 7-4 and four San Francisco 49ers. Now, we've been talking about the 49ers a little bit over the last few weeks because, you know, national pundits keep putting them up there pretty much as the team to beat in the, in, in the NFC. And a lot of people wonder why. Like, I'm okay, they, they've lost four games, like, and they've lost to some teams they probably shouldn't have lost to if they're this good. So why do we keep crowning the 49ers? Let me tell you all something about the Niners, though. We're in week eight. We're in week 13. Yo, the 49ers have given up the least amount of points in the second half of games in all of the NFL since week eight. You know how many points they've given up? Zero. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Nobody has scored a second half point against the 49ers since like week seven. Like, come on, yo. So even at seven and four, you're starting to kind of understand, okay, the defense is super crazy. So putting them up there as the team to beat, it's not really that far-fetched. With that said, though, Miami and their high-powered offense going in there at eight and three. Who y'all got? Sunday at four o'clock. Uh, I'm gonna go, go ahead, Dolphins man. on this. I'm gonna go Dolphins. I wanted to be. I wanted to be Tua. <laughs> I'm gonna go Dolphins on this. Yeah, the AFC East is uh, shaping up to be a, um, you know, interesting Power division. House. Speaking of that, man, <laughs> your, your man, your man, uh, Josh Allen is out here warming up with a Ryan Fitzpatrick jersey on, which is kind of funny. <laughs> um, Fitz. Yeah, it's funny because yep. Ryan Fitzpatrick plays for every team in the AFC East except the Patriots. But anyway, um, with all that being said, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Okay, that's two for the Dolphins. What you got, B? You going to go with the defense or you going to go with the offense? I'm going with the Dolphins. Oh, better we awesome suckers. <laughs> we awesome suckers. All right. <laughs> and last but not least, we have the 9-2. and two. 
AFC conference-leading Kansas City Chiefs going into the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, who are 7-4. and four. And, again, I got to give a shout-out to the Bengals for the, for the white Bengal Tiger helmets. Yo, I'm Jones Hart. Anyway. Uh, nine and two KC going to visit seven and four Cincinnati. Um, I'm gonna take the Chiefs. Uh, fairly, fairly easy for me because I just don't. The consistency is just not there with Cincinnati because, you know, like I said before, one week Cincinnati can look like the best team in the league, and then the next week they can look like vintage bungles. Um, they got some weapons coming back though. Jamar Chase will be back this week. Uh, most likely Mixon will be back from his concussion this week. So the game, you know, should shape up to be a little bit more interesting. But I'm back on that Chiefs bandwagon where it's like I'm not going to pick against the Chiefs until somebody give me a reason to pick against the Chiefs. So I'm going to go Chiefs in this one. Yeah, Chiefs. B? I'm going Bengals just (laughs) because. Just because. I really ain't got no reason. All right. So before we do – Quickly talk about what happened while y'all were on the grind. Let's go to the phone line. We got the homie Tobias waiting on the line. What up, Tobias? Roll damn tide. Man, all I got to say about Alabama this year, I'm going to quote the great philosopher Kevin Garnett. Hell no, trash ass niggas. That's all I got to say about them this year. But, uh, yo, but, uh, man, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, a couple quick things before I touch what you guys are talking about, right? Uh, I went to the Bulls game last night here in Phoenix. All I got to say is, man, blow it up. It's over, man. Just blow it up. Yeah, Tobias is the king of telling people to blow stuff up. Hey, man. I'm sorry. I can't pay all those max salaries. He can't get the damn play-in game. They ain't nowhere near play-in consideration. They closer to where the Pistons are at than to the play-in. I'm done, man. Anyway, I should have let us have Mac, Mac Zach two years ago when we wanted him. Now we don't want him. So don't, me. hey, don't worry. The, the next, the next will take him. We will take we him in four years. For we got Mac C. Hey. We don't need Mac Zach. <laughs> hey, boy, the heist. Lonzo Ball can't even walk. Uh, Demar trading while he can at Vucevic. You know, whatever. Yo, but uh, I had to ask you yesterday. We, is Lonzo Ball still alive? Is he still with us? I ain't even heard I his don't name. Know, but I know we. I, all I know is that we passed on Tyler Halliburton, Desmond Bain, Maxie for a dude named Patrick Williams no one heard of who could start at Florida State. We ain't saying North Carolina Duke, Florida State, because he's 6'9 athletic. Oh, but anyway. Uh, also, fellas, I know y'all, y'all would ask Fred, but he don't know the hell he be talking about half the time. They expanded college football playoff to 12 teams, fellas. 12 teams, yeah, in 2024. <laughs> yeah, and it will actually it keep like be in it every year, even if they slip. Damn out. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about to be invitational again, because even when y'all slip hey. up and lose two games, y'all still gonna be in it. Hey, to quote those great philosophers, Mortimer, we're back. Oh, uh, uh, but no, but no, I feel you though. That is, it's gonna be dangerous to other teams when it comes to Alabama because now they're not gonna have the pressure of having to have undefeated seasons all the time. Once they get in, come on, man. <laughs> and plus, also, rivalry weekend, cause I know you guys are big college football guys. Or, let's say they went to 12, right, this year. Oregon and Washington had to win rivalry games on the road to get in. So you'll see a lot of that now, you know. And I, I think that's good for the sport because
interest, especially people who aren't diehard college football fans' interest. Uh, right. You know, but like what you guys was talking about earlier, like with Jerry Jones, anyone surprised knowing Jerry Jones, how he is low being a center of attention? He was out in front in that picture. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but my thing is, I was surprised that people are surprised and outraged by it. I didn't I didn't necessarily hear or see anybody who was surprised and outraged about it, but y'all yeah. keep saying that, so I guess there's people out there acting that way. Yeah, because and, and, and the thing is, I'm just is that surprised um, that people defending them. That's what I'm surprised at. Yeah. You could just say, Hey, I got nothing to say about it. Right. Hey, but people still take that as offending because what can you say? Because but here's they the thing what people that, are though. missing. Like Jim said, they're content creators. So you gotta talk about this and it's good for the ratings. No matter what you say it's good for the ratings. So Yeah. Dude gotta do what they gotta do. This Jay Williams next to his white wife talking about Jerry Jones to denounce racism. You know Jay Williams don't think racism's real because he he living that dream. But uh, yeah, he's he very mid looking. But... Increase his point total in the black community because you know yeah, he already he's very mid in the negative. He's very so. mid looking, by the way. Uh, yeah, so that's but, two. That's, you know, two you know, that's two strikes. Yeah, you got a but, white woman and she, you know, and she she mid. So yeah, because they talk about like. To not publicly announce racism. Why the hell would he do that when one, racism is why he's wealthy. Two, ain't no <laughs> white man ever been punished for being a bigot. Except for the white man who owned Aunt Jemima. He had to take take his yeah. lady friend off the off the cover. And they still, still get the money still off. Still getting of that probably. money. Still getting that money. Yeah. But he had to take his lady friend. I'm off. very proud to be African American. But I'm also very <laughs> proud that my wife is white. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with these dudes, man? Whatever happened to Hubert, man? Oh, by the way, Alabama beat Hubert of Hoops this weekend. Damn right, baby. But uh, no, no, it, it didn't look but, too well because they, they didn't lost like three in a row, haven't they? Everybody teeing hey, we'll on take them it. Now. Hey, it's a, it's on the books. We'll take it. They're they, uh, <laughs> they messing up you know, y'all but, win, though, man. It's not going after a while. It's not going to look like a quality win because everybody teeing off on them now. Hey, we used to lose, we used to lose to Central Florida in basketball, all right, in Longwood. <laughs> so I'll take this. I don't know the fuck Longwood is at, but uh, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, and what happens is, and what happens a lot of these content creators. They don't think deeply about these subjects and don't want to say what it really is. And all this Jerry Jones stuff, all this stuff, even having to integrate these schools, meaning you're putting your kids at risk. Tell you, like when Ruby Bridges, a six-year-old girl, integrated that school, there were other children her age, black children her age, that passed the same test. But her parents were like, nah, we can't put our kid through that, you know. But they never say that in those books and everything. And uh, But but. The reason we had to integrate those schools is because we never would have gotten what we were owed. Uh, from slave, slavery, Reconstruction, Jim Crow, we never got what we were owed. Uh, and look at the black inventors, the black uh, people who started business, land, all that was taken from them. Hell, the guy who made Jack Daniels was a black man. Yeah. 
and one of the most popular liquors out there. His family prospering. CJ, CJ, Madam CJ Walker, her family ha- doesn't have anything with that company now. All our wealth's been lost or stolen, and we haven't got what we owe. Although, like, I understand the Native Americans with the commanders. I wish they stayed a football team. The reason I didn't fight for them, I want that Native Americans. They ain't fight for us. But also, hell, I live in a state where they where they run a casino game. They got subsidies. They got education benefits. We can't even get that. And they didn't even have to march out there in Washington like we had I mean, to. You didn't and, necessarily have to fight for them, but it just seemed hypocritical for black people to be, like, defending the other side. Just mind your business. Why can't we just stay That's out the of thing. It? I it didn't like you defend it because – I, I, I was more upset that they didn't stick with the watch of the football team. I actually like that name. Uh, yeah, but, you know, they got yeah, another fire, opportunity fire to, to but, uh, but one make thing millions also before I run, merchandise. So. Yeah, and one thing before I run, uh, you guys are talking about, like, those games. Take Buffalo right now because New England's missing their top two tackles. They both left and right tackle. And New England has doesn't have much team speed on defense, so running quarterback destroyed them, like Justin Fields. And, uh, and Josh Allen a couple times last year, Lamar Jackson, and also take the Forty ers with the four points over the Dolphins. Uh, over the Dolphins, because if you break them down, the Dolphins, you do their research. They ain't really lit up the scoreboard against the good defenses. They been like the scoreboard against Lovey, who still run Tampa two in these other bad defenses. So two, so that's a, and, and their left tackle is been hurting Teron Armstead. So that's just something to keep an eye on before y'all lay before y'all lay y'all wise Christmas money down on your games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for your call as usual. We holler at you next week, man. <laughs> hey, man. You, hey, you brothers, take it easy, man. And, uh, and be awesome. I love that video footage that you love sharing, man. Like on on the ground. I love that, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Oh, by the way, fellas. Hey, I'll say this real quick. Hey, if you want more black turnout for soccer, just show them Cristiano Ronaldo's contract and pictures of rich soccer players and white girls. They'll bring them out. But anyway, bring them out. Bring them out. Bring them out. All right. All right. Hey, Jim, what happened this week, man, where everybody was on the Grizz Nae? Absolutely. And while you were on the Grizz Nae, it's brought to you by Digital Extreme Tech. Listen, do you your business to the custom website? Hit up Digital Extreme Technology. Go to digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203 and go, yeah. But it's time to talk about what happened this past week while you were with Naive. So uh, Florida's quarterback, uh, Kitna, was jailed on child pornography counts. Um, You know, this is is, a big-time college football program. This is John Kitna's son. Remember John Kitna? You know, yeah, play for the Bengals, a couple other lying. teams in the league. Yeah, this is his son. Crazy part about it, his name is Jalen. I don't still know too many white kids named Jalen. But um, <laughs> yeah, he he said he was he was booked and he's been suspended indefinitely from the Florida football team. He was a redshirt freshman backup quarterback, um, and they said you know these are extremely serious charges. Uh, he admitted to police that. He was in servers on Discord and Kick that that engage in sexual abuse material, and according to the arrest obtained by the Tampa Bay Times, uh, one of the images possessed by him depicted a prepubescent girl engaged in a sex act with an adult man. Three more images showed two new pubescent juveniles in the shower. So, yo, you know, I don't. 
I don't know what ages these kids were, but dude is out of line. I don't know if he, what is he? Maybe 18, 19 or something like that. Maybe he hasn't Yo. identified himself as an adult yet. I don't know. But I, whatever, he, he got issues. So, John Kittner, no, you, know, you got to talk to your boy. some mature BBWs or something, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway. Yo, and you play football and you're a quarterback. So, it ain't really no excuse for you, dog. You can pretty much get what you what you need down there. And and it shouldn't be from, from kids. So, yeah. Yo. Put him under the jail. Yeah, he got, he, <laughs> he got a little fetish on him now. <laughs> yeah, man. Yo, get your life together, dog. Um, Another story real quick, man. Yo, ref admits to cheating for Manny Pacquiao in a 2000 bout. Um, this guy was a, you know, Filipino, just like Manny. Um, and he admits that he would give him a – what did he say? He gave him extra time to, you know, to, to, to get up yeah. and what it wasn't just that, though. Um, and, and the crazy part is, though, why would the WBC, in a fight that was in the Philippines, with a Filipino up-and-coming, you know, he wasn't a champion yet, but, you know, he was their hope, in the Philippines with a Filipino fighter, why would you have a Filipino ref <laughs> in this, too? Like, yeah, you don't. It's like nothing. It doesn't. It doesn't really add up. But he said, "Yeah, when he got knocked down in the fight, he he gave him extra time. Um, even he gave him a long count to to get up. And then after he got up, he still gave him extra time, trying to ask him if he was all right. Um, the other guy, this dude said, the ref said all of this. He was like, I know um, that Manny hit dude with a headbutt and cut him, but I purposely said that it was from a punch, and I let them fight on. He, I was like, yo, he, he he's just like laughing about this stuff now and, and just talking about it. So Pacquiao ended up getting a 10th round TKO in this fight, and the ref also said he knew what was at stake here. He said he knew the winner of this fight was going to go on and get a title shot, and, less, and a year later, Manny ended up getting his first title shot and got his first you know championship belt after a fight that he shouldn't have won at all. So the dude that he was fighting, uh, what was the dude named Nadal Hussein? <laughs> Yo, he was 19-0 and going into this fight with Pac-Man. After he lost this fight, he won his next 17 fights, but he never, ever got to superstardom because this ref was in the right place at the right time. And, and That's crazy. the rest was kind of history. 37-0. Yo. <laughs> Boy, literally changed history. Change history. So, so this dude, the crazy he, part about he, this, he, he IG'd the other day, Jim. He said, "Watch this putrid dog admitting to cheating me in my fight against Manny Pacquiao." WBC should yo. be ashamed for what they do to fighters. They should be held accountable for the sport we love. The dirty referee talking with no shame. He called him a putrid dog. That's a hard. <laughs> that, diss, hard. that this is hard. <laughs> yo, hard. I'm sorry, yo, yo real quick though, the, the funniest thing about this is like for Manny Pacquiao to but, be held in the, the regard that he's held in. My dude has really been beat up and knocked down a lot of times, dog. Like I don't know if there's any other fighter that's that that's been that's been held in the regard that people hold Manny that's been as beat up as Manny. Manny, we see Manny like literally get knocked unconscious. We see Manny get knocked down several times, like it's crazy. <laughs> He probably wrote that song while he was sleep on the canvas. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, Skyview said Kitna's wife is black. So that explains Jalen. He was trying to infiltrate the culture. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I see where he was taking it. Um, That's fine, because I, 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 I saw pictures of the kid under the helmet, because I was thinking mm-hmm. that, too. I'm like, maybe his wife is black, and I couldn't tell under his helmet if he was white or black. But then I looked him up, and I saw pictures of him, you know, without a football uniform, and he just looked like a white kid to me. So I, I couldn't tell. So thanks for the info, Skyview. So can you be coming with foil plates? Like dirt. Yeah. Another story that happened while you were on the Great Night is uh, your man Russell Wilson, man. Russell Wilson is a disgrace, man. A couple of Russell Wilson stories, man. For one, when Russell moved over to uh, to, to Colorado, my man bought a crib with twelve bathrooms. So one of the running jokes now is that Russell Wilson is on pace to have um, more bathrooms than he has touchdown passes this season. Yo. He currently has what, seven. He has seven. He currently has, yeah, he currently has seven touchdown passes with 12 bathrooms. Um, Yo, he can't his, even uh, fill his, his wife, bathrooms with touchdown footballs. Come on, Russ. He can't even put wife, souvenirs uh, from this no, season in your bathroom. He fell off the cliff. Dog, Russ, he is fool. Did he, though? I think it's more of what Jimmy said. And I don't want to talk bad about the brother, even though he's a cornball brother. But And people, people would his hate absence. when people would say that about him. I, I think it's, it's, it's getting harder and harder to defend him on, on some of that stuff Yo, because he's it seems making, like every locker room he goes into, he's not liked. So at some point, there has to be a mirror put in front of this dude, and you got to stop giving listen, him excuses. Man, <laughs> what he's doing right now with his performance is building up the legend of Pete Carroll because now Pete Carroll is looking like, Yo, this is what you've been hiding from us? Like, the ball really can't right. play? Like. Right. And it's to the point, right? And to your point, Joe, about telling people from the door, man. Him. He contributed nothing to that first Super Bowl. At least that game. You know, it's, 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 but they kept him in. They were pulling the Broncos out, and they kept him in there. So he, he didn't hit, like, 200 yards. He didn't hit 100 yards until, like, the fourth quarter. The game was way out of hand. And then they ended up, like, you know, they kept passing so he wouldn't look bad. He you know, took care of him a lot. Like, that whole thing with your uh, point Beast about- Mode. But you're, you're, but the team's not hate the team's hating him though. Um, teammates hating him rather. I think it, it said a lot when Beast Mode said that yo, no one's allowed to call him. You got to go through his assistance. That says a right. lot when you you know want to feel with your, your yeah. two quote unquote you, brothers and they can't even call you. But anyway, people off right. So, yeah. I got to go through your assistance to, to call you. So a lot of people probably just didn't go through his assistance to R R S V P for this party. Um, so yeah, bring, his wife you, you didn't bring up the party yet. him a party. <laughs> she threw him a party, and only half of the squad showed up to support him. So, and the half of the squad that showed up probably felt like they were obligated. <laughs> they probably felt forced to go. Nobody liked crazy. Ball. Yeah. Did you see in this past this past weekend's game when the the ball got a um? Did he get ejected? I no, he, he got a. He got a. Uh, I think he, he got an interception or something. He did that. Uh, did the, you talking about when dude did the Russell Wilson jump? When he like, no, uh, no, not that. Uh, when they were clowning him. Not that. One of his teammates got ejected or something from the game. Oh, yeah, and yeah, And he yeah, was I walking to the sideline. And Russ must have said something to him. He probably said, come on, man, we can't do it. You know, he, I'm just speculating what he said. But, yeah, he turned around and snapped on Russ. Russ looked like he was scared. Like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I said that. So he probably was trying to do say something captainly in the moment. But I think when yeah. Russ talks, it comes off different to people because from what we've heard, he seems to put himself above his team and his teammates. And it's starting to come out now because, yo, every time a former 
Seattle teammate has the opportunity to comment about him, yo, they take a shot. They take a shot. And now, you know, you got Broncos teammates not going to his party. You got Broncos teammates snapping on him on the sideline. Pete Carroll took a little bit of a shot recently. Damn, what is this dude? Like, and all them people were like, oh, you just called him corny. Y'all just jealous because he with Sierra and this and that. Like, come on, 50 Cent was with Sierra. It ain't really. Man, look. Bow Wow was with Sierra. We all thought that Sierra, we all thought Sierra had a penis. So, I mean. <laughs> right. She was, like, both. Like, it was one point you thought Sierra, it, it was rumors that she was a dude. There was facts that she was, you know, the industry pass around. So it's like, you know, nobody's really jealous because Russell Wilson is with Sierra. Corny ball is a corny ball. But yeah, even I would defend him on that. Like, All right, he's corny, but, you know, he's he doing his thing. But I don't know. He corny and he's, he's a, turning he's, other people off with his attitude. And he's so like the ultra, ultra, uber positive Christian. Like, his, yo, his TikTok is, is unbearable. Like, I hate dudes. Yeah. <laughs> yo, that video you sent me earlier, I'm like, I, yo, how can anybody defend this? Like, how can you? Yo, he's I the mean, corniest like, man. He might be the corniest man alive. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you can look at that video and say. And as a culture, we get into some corny. corny behaviors. We get into some corny behaviors, but he takes it a, anyway. Um, man, so last story real quick while you want to agree. Yo, party. in comparison Cristiano, to dude, like, I'm loving RG3 right now. False. But I'm. Yo, yo RG3 I know my the dude rebrand right is now. crazy. Yeah, yeah, the rebrand is crazy. You got a crazy rebrand. And, and the funny thing is, as I think about it, it ain't really a rebrand. It's just that, it, I guess, in his new capacity as, like, a, a broadcaster, half of the nonsense he says out of his mouth becomes funny as opposed to him talking that way when he was, you know, supposed to be right. a quarterback. When like, boy, just, just a right. weirdo. Because you can be a but little anyway, quirky as a broadcaster, and it comes off a different yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, it, come, it comes off different when, when you, you ain't trying to leave your living room talking about, Pop rocks and tussie pops. Like, come on, guys. Yeah, a little different. It comes off a little different. So, anyway, Cristiano uh, Ronaldo was offered $207 million per year. Um, <laughs> per year? To play, yeah, per to, year? To, to, to flop, to flop yeah. for a Saudi Arabian flop squad. Kick a rock. Yo. For a 30, it's a 30, it's a 30-month contract. Right. Man two and make, a half years. Make, How are they giving out half year? God, like, what are you going to do after that? Yeah, they do that. No, they do that. Is they it because they play year-round or something? No, nah, they play uh, – their seasons be 10 months with a one-month uh, hiatus in the middle of the season. So, basically, you they're going to get it for two full seasons. And then the end of the – in the middle – he won't have to come back the after the hiatus. Season, he, won't, he won't have to come back because at that point, I think he'll be 30. He'll be 40, and he wants what to play. in the middle of a, a run? Like – they probably just it's, offering it's something to come back. It's just it's Saudi Arabia. They will, but it's Saudi Arabia. The league is a decent league, but yeah, it really is Al Nasser FC. They just they, they just, just paying pay him. Yeah, they just paying him to to up the profile of the league, pretty much. Yeah. 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 No, but that that particular league is known to overpay players. Like they'll take a mediocre cat that should be making a million a year and give him five, but. This this is unprecedented. Like, I don't even know it. Yo, every time I see it, I just laugh. Yo, because how you turn he's that been down? in a battle at every turn right. in his career. He's in a battle with Messi. So we saw Messi's ridiculous contract. So now, at the end, gonna, at the tail end, they're gonna of let him careers, live on the turtle you boat. <laughs> you you would think at the end of their careers, Messi Cristiano wouldn't be able to top Messi. Can't top him on the field. 
So I'm going to top him <laughs> where it counts. I'm in the pocket. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to get 207 I've seen different numbers. I've seen something say like one something. But either way, per year, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's nuts. That's nutty. Like, Jason how you turn that down? You can't, you can't turn that down. I already told him we already working out, B. He 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 using the workout tapes you sent too. <laughs> he gonna try out for a school team. We gonna get back in that way. <laughs> yo, back listen, man. yo, they play. Yo, they usually play like thirty-two regular season games. Yo, homie's making six million dollars a game. We probably the, no, you, with the odds. We should probably just go ahead and quit basketball and just go just go baseball, soccer full time because. He might be only five seven. Probably have a better future in the world. Basketball, he already got size working against him, man. I think we might have to <laughs> might have to do this side. Especially, thing. especially, especially with all these new French cats coming in. All these French cats, and right? Yo, and, seven and foot these twelve, whole, whole French cats. <laughs> seven foot twelve with guard skills. Yeah. With a yo yo. Yeah. What are you supposed to do with that? <laughs> anyway, man. <laughs> That's what happened this past week while you were on the Grizz Nae. Tell us what happened uh this Dayton Sports History. All right, this Dayton Sports History brought to you by Sports the Book, written by War Room's own Jimmy the Blueprint. Uh make sure you go get yourself a copy of that. Warroomsports.com, sports the book dot com, or you can look it up, Amazon dot com. Um Hey, just go do that. All right. This week this date in sports history uh, December 1st, 1997 was the day that Golden State Warriors guard Latrell Sprewell <laughs> assaults head coach P.J. Carlissimo, a.k.a. chokes out head coach P.J. Carlissimo because of something disrespectful he said and was subsequently suspended for 10 games. Can you imagine if he did that in 2022, though? It ain't going to be 10 games. You ain't going to see Spree for the rest of the season, if ever again. But, um, yeah. Y'all remember when y'all first when we first heard that news that, that Spree choked out his coach? It worked for me though. Well. I was putting food back on. He came family. back after ten games. I was trying to catch as many Golden State games as I could possibly watch, and they was late. I had to stay up for them, Jones. I just wanted to see. <laughs> I wanted to see what was up. So, like Jim said earlier in the show, man, you know, beef sells, controversy sells, man. So shout out to Spreewell. Shout out to PJ Carlissimo's neck um, and all of that. We'd like to give a warm salute to this historical moment, man. Get the hell out of here so I can go choke out. I was about to say some chicken. Not my chicken, some chicken. I'm hungry. Oh, <laughs> hey, yo. Listen, man, shout out to, shout out to everybody out for the support. We definitely appreciate it. Don't forget to tune in next week live right here. I mean, you can catch us on demand, we, you know, so we'll be here next week. Same time, same bat channel and all that good stuff. But also, the hub, the hub is forumsports.com. Don't forget to check out the hub, get all of our content, social media links, everything from, you know, the network. Yeah, I mean, you know, not that hub, our hub, forumsports.com, not the hub, you know what I'm saying? Although I prefer X videos. But anyway, with all that being said, man, pick a copy of my book, Sports the Book. You can do that at warbumsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. Now give me my theme music. Uh, 
tune to Jimmy, know the blueprint. Yo, every Thursday, six to eight, they do this. Shout out to Dev, PJ, B Austin, Doc Bay on replay. War Room Sports. Dot com. Get that mobile app. It's knocked down. Call it 323 working double 012. They be going and you sensitive then oh well. Yeah. Physical podcast, the tough sports. Showtime like magic in the block push. Magic looking alive. Push one to join in. Rip your team or listen for your enjoyment. Hip hop dollars, pit stop and knowledge. Should be in sports credit as I ain't talking college. Five guys, no beef though. Fortress, secret, but the streets know. Bellafani, I got a G flow. KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode. Two hours, get your game up. Who's the best in sports cast? You better name us. War Room Sports. Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.